What's good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Also, you're listening to the Back Row Commanders show. The Commanders get a big win versus Green Bay. The Commanders are now three and four, heading to face the Indianapolis Colts, who just made a quarterback change from Matt Ryan, who I was looking forward to playing. I was looking forward to playing the statue, Matt Ryan, but now we get Sam Ellinger. So we're going to talk about the post game for the for the Commanders in Green Bay, and we're going to talk about the pregame, which is the Commanders and the Colts. I'm excited for all that and more. I'm going to go ahead and run my intro, and we can go ahead and get this show on the pop. All right, guys. So now we are here, man. Commanders coming off of a, off of a big win, and I've not done a, a victory Monday in a long time. And even when we did have a victory Friday versus the um, versus versus the Bears, it was more of a me coming on the show to vent because the team just makes me mad. And it's like a lot of fans are in between that. Do we go ahead and just start come you know start preparing for next year? Or do we just keep playing because you never know what happens? Like even making the playoffs, not knowing how we're going to do in the playoffs, it's just making the playoffs is, a, is is always a step. That's like we all play for the playoffs, right? Because once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. But we clearly don't have a Super Bowl roster. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that everybody who makes the playoffs has a fair shot at the title. And if you're not playing for the playoffs or playing for the title, then why do you play? You know, it's not where we look at stats. This is not fantasy football. Even in fantasy football, we're happy because a lot of us are, are in money leagues to where we can earn some cash at the end of the year. So being a fan of a team that doesn't do well a lot is it's tough because after a while, I started making my shows just based off of numbers, looking at the stats. Okay, Terry McLaurin might have this many yards. Jahan Dotson might get this many touchdowns. Or if Carson Wentz starts, continues at this pace, he might get these amount of uh, you know yards or, or touchdowns or stats and things of that nature. So now that they've won and they have a, a huge chance to win again, I try not to look ahead of the schedule. So while we were winning and you know while, while we were losing games, I was pissed off that I never really looked ahead. I never really looked and saw, oh, we get a struggling Green Bay. Green Bay is still a good team. There's They still have Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that a lot of Washington Commanders fans wanted. This has been the year of the quarterbacks playing so poorly. You can say, well, Aaron Rodgers is getting a little older, but I look at it as his offensive line is pretty bad. Their defense is solid, but then who are his wide receivers? They tried to go cheap with the wide receivers, and you're seeing what's happening. Last year, the commanders went cheap with the wide receivers. And Taylor Heineke didn't have as much, as many weapons as he has this year. And mind you that Jahan Dotson is still battling back from that hamstring injury. Once he's available, what does this team look like? I'm just saying. So wide receiver is starting to become a, a position that is, that is a premium position in the NFL. You can't go cheap at wide receiver. Even Dayami Brown right now is better than a lot of the wide receivers on Green Bay. Outside of, let's say, Lazard and let's say Romeo Dobbs. Dayami Brown is better than the rest of their wide receivers. It's not saying much, but I'm just saying. 
you have to invest in that wide receiver group because it just makes the job easier for a quarterback. And when you have a great quarterback, you got to go ahead and give him weapons. And Aaron Rodgers struggled. One thing I can say about the team was the team, the defensive line played well. The defense played well. They tried to get after Aaron Rodgers. He was releasing the ball at, what, 2.6 seconds? But he was throwing, like, four yards, five yards. He was averaging four, 4.5 yards or 4.6 yards per pass, pass attempt. So it wasn't like Rodgers was just tearing it up through the air. You know, he had a few chances to where they could have had some big plays, that we got lucky, uh, penalties, things of that nature. So things always tend to happen um, that way. Speaking of – uh, I got my guy, Timeout Sports, in the building. Timeout Sports writes, he says, Commander's Tank, not happening now. Absolutely. It's not happening now. And that was the thing. Everybody says that Ron Rivera's job is safe, right? Regardless of if they're losing, if they're winning, that he's going to have these, these – he's going to get to coach five years, right? But I, I looked at it this way. Had the team not won some games, like with the roster that they have and the moves that they've made – They've invested and put everything together in order for the team to win now, right? But what makes it so crazy for the commanders was that they were the worst team in the division. You know, you had, you know, Dallas playing well. You had you got, you got the Giants playing well without a franchise quarterback. You have Daniel Jones. Every quarterback we have is better than, than Daniel Jones, right? But yet they continue to win. They play defense, they scrappy, and they get lucky. Then, of course, you have the Eagles who people thought, well, hey, Jalen Hurts is not quite there. I had some people saying that Carson Wentz is better than Jalen Hurts. This is before the season started, right? And, oh, the Eagles made the bad decision letting Wentz go and this and that. All they did was surround Jalen Hurts with the correct weapons, right? And with the correct weapons, he's looked great. He's looked awesome. So I say all this, I say all this to say – Yes, I, I agree with you, Tom Sports. The tank is is gone. It, that's out the window. When you bring in a Sam Howell, that means okay, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and tank. We're gonna go ahead and prepare for the future. Let's go ahead and play all of our young guys, give all the young guys all the snaps to see what we have. But I felt they felt that it wasn't that it hasn't gotten to that point. Now, these next four games, starting from last week, that Taylor Heineke is gonna start to you know play and start and all this. That's a it's a test because if they're winning, they're gonna continue to you know pursue win. I mean, pursue wins. I mean, but if they're losing, guess what? It's so easy to go to Sam Howell, right? You go to Sam Howell, the offensive line is bad. Speaking of offensive line, the offensive line was still very bad Sunday. The difference between the offensive line with Taylor Heineke and the offensive line with Carson Wentz is that at least with Taylor Heineke. He was able to avoid some sacks. He was able to move around in the pocket, and he'll move around just enough to get a little sliver of hope. Now, some of the passes that he threw, there were like at least three or four passes that Taylor Heineke threw that should have been intercepted, that had us all holding our breath. He started out that step, that first half terribly. We all were like, what is – a lot of us was calling for Sam Howell after the first quarter, you know, but things turned around. I'm going to pull up some stuff and dig more into, into, this, um, into this game because there was a game within the game, right? So we all know that um, Carson Wentz, he, he struggles inside that pocket, okay? When the whole play breaks down, he can't scramble. Even the play action fakes, the rollouts for Carson Wentz, 
they they seemed forced. They seemed everybody knew that he he he's rolling out and he's going nowhere, right? So when he rolls out, where is he throwing this ball to? That's what it all kind of boiled down to. It wasn't making any sense. While we're you know having all these play action fakes and this and that, it just was not working. But with Taylor Heineke, at least if he rolls out, he has a threat of actually passing the ball. He rolls out, he might actually pass the ball, which was a good thing. So um, he was sacked one time, lost three yards on that. Taylor Heineke was uh, um, 20 for 33, not great. Uh, he, 201 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Now, one thing that I can say about Taylor Heineke was that he found our big money guy. You don't pay a guy like um, like uh, Terry McLaurin all this money to not find him or to not look for him. It makes zero sense to pay him all this money and not target him. Terry McLaurin had eight targets his game, eight targets. And I'm going to go back and look at the like the last previous games to look at you know Terry McLaurin's target share. Okay, first game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had four targets. Crazy. Next game versus the Lions, he had eight targets. Okay, he caught four for 75. All right, cool. Next game versus the Eagles, he had nine targets. Like, Terry needs to be anywhere between eight to 12 to 13 targets a game. I'll say eight to 13 targets a game. That's what he needs to be. And you can, and, you, and people can say, oh, don't force him. Don't force him. Why not force him? He's getting paid like a number one top, top like, a, like a number one wide receiver, right? He's getting paid like a top tier guy. So treat him as such. Feed him. If you put the ball in his hands, good things happen. And we saw that on Sunday. Now, the game versus Dallas, Terry had, what, six targets. He caught two. Next game versus Tennessee, he had six targets, caught five for 76. That wasn't bad at all. Um, So through the season, he's had uh, four games of over 73 yards, including yesterday. Okay. He has one 100-yard one game, and that came from a nine-target game. So target him the minimum nine targets, if that's what it's going to take. You have to target him. And mind you, Green Bay Packers have an excellent, excellent uh, uh, corner in Alexander. And, I mean, he was going toe-to-toe with Alexander. A lot of people, including me, Jarrett Alexander is a great, great corner, one of the best corners in the entire NFL. A lot of people in fantasy football did not start Terry McLaurin. And I did. You know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I started guys like Michael Pittman over Terry McLaurin because at least I I have no confidence that they're going to even get him the ball. It started to seem like, is it a coaching thing? Is it, Are they not scheming him open? Like, what is going on? Like, why is Carson Wentz not targeting Terry? And you see Carson Wentz target Curtis Samuel a lot. And that's cool. But three to four yards, three to four yards, it's like – you know, he's under pressure. He can't even wind up to throw the ball and, you know, all these dinks and dunks. And a lot of people said that Taylor Heineke was going to target J.D. McKissick a lot. We all remember last year with the limited amount of pass catchers that we had, J.D. McKissick was the number two option on the team right outside of Terry. So it was Terry, J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas. This year, I said, it's a, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. You have Terry, you have Curtis Samuel, who's playing well. Curtis Samuel also had eight targets in this game, and that's something that I love. So your two top wide receivers are getting eight targets each. That's awesome. You know, we'd love to see Terry with more, but I think eight, eight is a good number. 
He's got to be anywhere between eight to 15 targets for Terry. Like, he needs to be the first read. Like, on these third downs, he, he needs to be the first read. And we saw what happened when we needed a clutch play. Terry caught the caught the, <laughs> caught the the pass that pretty much sealed the game. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it all boils down to, knowing who your money guys are. And you know, when it comes to 50-50 balls, Terry is one of the best in the game. And granted, sometimes Taylor Heineke might be throwing it, might not be looking, my eyes might be closed, it might be uh, hospital walls, as, as they say. But guess what? He's looking for the guy that he trusts, and he trusts Terry. Terry's that dude. If it's a 50-50 ball, he's going to catch it. But back to Taylor Heineke, I think overall he had a pretty good game, solid game. Wasn't the best, but guess what? He did everything in his power to help the team win. And, that, and that's the thing with Terry is that he plays with fire and passion. And the team rallies around that. Carson Wentz, a little different. Outside of that Jags game, I've not seen anything that makes me go, man, yeah, man, let's go. We're, you know, like, you played the Jags. And the Jags defense was very, very bad that very first game. I mean, we saw Curtis Samuel making people slip and, and slide and stuff like that. But Curtis Samuel had eight targets. He had five uh, receptions for 53 yards. He's like more of the intermediate guy, but there was a couple of plays that Curtis was, was able to make, and I'm like, man, Curtis, you, you're doing it like that? Like, there was one play across the middle. Heineke threw it up. Curtis went up, grabbed it, came down. I was like, oh, man, let's go. So Curtis did make some plays. I mean, he has played well all year, and Curtis should potentially end up as the number two wide receiver in terms of yards by the end of the season. Armani Rogers played well, stepped up in a game where you have no Logan Thomas still. You know, they said that, um, that uh, what's his name? Ah, John Bates was questionable. So I'm thinking that John Bates wouldn't play. So I'm thinking, oh, man, Cole Turner. But obviously we've seen that Armani Rogers has been a better wide receiver than Cole Turner. Even that play that they ran where they had um, Armani Rogers, you know, under center, that was pretty cool. So I love how they're using this former quarterback. Big, big guy in Rodgers. Cole Turner just has not worked out just yet. But I think eventually something pops off. Like, I didn't like them using Cole, Cole Turner in the red zone. I don't think he's ready. But, hey, you do what you got to do. They brought him in to be a red zone target. But, hey, hopefully he starts to convert some of these plays that we're giving him. Because opportunity costs, man. Um, So, Antonio Gibson as a wide receiver played pretty well. Three receptions, 18 yards, had a score. I think that I love how they're using Antonio Gibson. And when we talk about, hold on one second, got none of your business in the building, says Commander's Hub, Tony in the building. What's good, Tony? What's good, man? Appreciate you hopping on the stream. When we talk about targets and receivers, like remember how J.D. McKissick was getting a lot of these dump-offs and a lot of work, right? But I'm like, Antonio Gibson can do everything that McKissick can do but can potentially do it better outside of pass protection. What does J.D. McKissick do better than Antonio Gibson? I'm just saying. So, you know, I'm glad that I'm seeing less McKissick. McKissick had two targets. He didn't catch any of them. I'm glad that I'm seeing less McKissick and I'm seeing more Antonio Gibson. Okay? Antonio Gibson, even as a runner, played pretty He played pretty good. You know, he had 10, 10 carries for 59 yards. Um, Brian Robinson, man, shout out to Brian Robinson. I think he, he should and could do better on this per average. Um, he had 20 carries for 73 yards. That was 
7.3 per carry. I mean, sorry, 3.7, not 3.7 per carry. And he had a long of 24. Gibson had a long of 20. I think the team ran the ball effectively and efficiently. Okay, they averaged 4.4 per carry. That's solid as a team. As a team, they ran the ball 38 times for 166 yards. That's great. Why can't we run the ball more? When you run the ball, good things happen. I, I always talk about how a run game mirrors always mirrors well with a defense. The defense was rested. The commanders had time of possession, right? So good things happen when you control the clock, and they were able to run the ball. They ran the ball more than they passed the ball. When was the last time this has happened for the commander? They ran the ball 38 times. They passed the ball 33 times. I would love to see more of this. Obviously, Taylor Heineke does pitch in with some, with some carries, but surprisingly, Taylor Heineke only had two carries. Curtis Samuel had five for 26, so I love how to use all three guys. Curtis Samuel is that de facto running back. So I love how to use all three guys, but I loved what I saw from Scott Turner, even though I still don't like Scott Turner. I don't like him, but I, I loved what I saw. People always talk about, you know, the noodle arm for Taylor Heineke, this and that. He made plays. He wins games. The thing is, can he sustain this style of play? And then him being a smaller guy, that's what it always boils down to. So with this win, the commanders are now actually uh, a few, like half a game or a, 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 a game or two outside of that seventh wild card spot or that last final spot of the playoffs. In come the, um, in come the Indianapolis Colts, which I'm going to get to later on in the show. But shout out to Percy Butler on special teams because special teams is something that we need. And I always talk about takeaways and, you know, turnover margin. We turn over the ball one time, right? We threw an interception. Taylor Heineke, that was terrible pick six, but that did not stop this guy from continuing to want to win and make plays. So we threw that interception, but then we also got a fumble recovery. So that's zero, right? We give up one and we take one. We have to be either at zero or we need to be at plus one. Every single game, we need to be plus one on that uh, takeaway turnover ratio, or we need to be right at zero because the way that we're built, we don't have the firepower to even put up points, right? We are still struggling to put up points. Like this commander's team has just been so terrible when it comes to putting up points. I was looking at this earlier and um, outside of that Jacksonville game, when we scored 28 and won the game and when we scored 27 in garbage time to try to cut that Lions lead down, Eagles game, eight points, uh, Dallas Cowboys game, 10 points. Titans, 17 points. <laughs> the Chicago Bears, 12 points. So we're struggling. So, I mean, we're struggling to just break 20 points. And yesterday, we get to 23. It should have been 30. We should have had 30. There, I mean, we had opportunities to score to where we kicked field goals. And Joey Sly, speaking of Joey Sly, Joey Sly is trash. But you know what? A lot of kickers in the NFL, outside of the big names, are pretty much trash. They're pretty much all the same. They're going to make some. They're going to miss some. So, I, I, Joey Sly, I don't know. We're going to continue to look for our franchise kicker. He's not it. He, he I mean, he makes the kicks that, that he's supposed to make. But then in situations where you need this kick to seal the win, I have not seen that clutch ability out of Joey Sly just yet. I'm talking about this season. Last season, he did some pretty good things that had a lot of people excited to have Joey Sly as the starter going into the season. This year, I think that you have to – 
you know, write it out with him. You can't find anybody better right now. So you have to write it out with Sly unless he just starts to miss kicks like crazy. Then you try to make a change. But I think he's the kicker moving forward until the offseason. Now, let's go ahead and talk about this defense. Defense plays solid. Jamin Davis made plays. I was so proud of Jamin Davis, man. I, I felt like a proud father. You know, Jamin Davis have gotten a lot of hate from the fans, um, a lot of hate from the coaches, throwing them under, under the bus and, you know, getting this guy and putting him in a position to where he does not fit. But I would love to see us blitz Jamin Davis more. He has three sacks already this season. He needs to have more. If you blitz him more, good things happen when you blitz him. Cam Curl is playing unbelievable. Yeah, he just had that just that one bad play, but outside of that, Cam Curl has been one of the best tight ends in the NFL this year. Cole Holcomb, he seems to be at the right spot at the right time. He makes plays. This guy's a tackling machine, and I love the energy that he brings. Like he's doing his best playing that middle linebacker position. Like we still struggle with coverage out of that position, but I think as a tackler, he he's he's just always there. He's a sure-handed tackler. Led the team with nine tackles. Cameron Crow was seven. Uh, Derek Forrest continues to make plays. I would love to see more Derek Forrest and less Bobby McCain. Uh, without William Jackson III, I didn't see him yesterday. So I assumed that he wasn't there. I did not see William Jackson III. If he played, I did not see him. With less William Jackson III, who most likely didn't play, and I don't care, Benjamin St. Juice is the number one uh, corner on this team. And he's going to be really, really good. He gets better and better and better. I'm glad that he's healthy. He's gotten over those uh, concussions, knocking on wood. Montez Sweat was solid. And, uh, and like I said, we applied pressure to the quarterback. But at the end of the day, we just couldn't get to him. Rodgers is just so good. He's just so good that he does not give up sacks for the most part. If he can help it, he does not give up sacks. Um, Jimmy Davis, like I said, made plays. He had two tackles for losses. And like I said, Tackles for losses are always usually like a sack, sometimes better. So he made a few of those plays. Cameron Curl, one tackle for loss. Um, Wild Goose made plays. He defended some passes. Um, Wild Goose, he's limited, but he's 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 doing well. I mean, he's doing well. Sometimes he's – I mean, he's definitely better than William, William Jackson III right now. And sometimes I'd rather have Wild Goose in there than have Kendall Fuller, to be honest. If we're being completely honest – it's time to move on from Kimba Fuller. And I think that happens this year. I mean, after this season. I mean, it, it's time. It's time. You know, the the good things that Kimba Fuller used to do, he can't even do it anymore. And if I tell you guys who led the team in interceptions, you guys will, will be shocked. Like, we're not even creating turnovers. Forget the interception numbers. Like, we're not creating fumbles. So not getting takeaways is tough. Defense can be good all at once. Like, we're limiting people from scoring, and that's cool. I appreciate that. But you got to get some, some takeaways. Get the offense some short fields. And it felt so good once we recovered that fumble on special teams. We were, like, right there. It was finally our turn to get good field position. That's something that the team hasn't done. So it always puts the offense in bad positions. The offense can, you know, move the ball. Guess what? You punt the ball. The opposing team gets the ball at the 50-yard line or the 40 or the 30 to get a good starting position to go ahead and, and pursue scoring. So it's just been a whole lot of different things that the team has not been doing well. But once again, defense was solid. Linebackers were good. Defensive line, solid. I'm proud of these guys. Um, it's just a few guys 
Like Kendall Fuller and Bobby McCain, they got to tighten some things up. I wish that we can find replacements and get rid of these two guys completely and just continue to, you know, build. Um, now, Antonio Gibson returning kickoff, solid. Return three, he was averaging 26 yards per return. I love that portion of it. Dax Mill still gives us nothing. He gives us nothing in the punt return game. I think that Dax Mill is most likely the cousin to Troy Ackby, and I think that Dax Mill is going to stick on this team for the next three to four years just because he's a Ron Rivera guy. Um, they're gonna. I mean, we just need more out of that punt returning game. I, I'm not seeing it. Trustway did well outside of one punt. There was one punt that was not executed well at all, and it was that last punt. You're supposed to punt the ball and get it inside the 10, and he didn't do that. He got it inside the 20, and I was like, come on, Trey. Come on, Tress. You are the guy. You're the guy. He did have a long punt of uh, 80, I mean, 68 yards. So so that was cool. But as we transition to the Colts, right, shout out to the Titans. The Titans destroyed the Colts and made these guys make a quarterback change today. The Colts are going to go with Sam Ellinger. Now, for me, I would rather have seen Matt Ryan. I was so ready to sack that guy a good six times on Sunday. He's a statue. If you think that Wentz doesn't have mobility, this guy definitely doesn't have mobility. And, you know, the, the play for Matt Ryan started to get bad and bad and worse. Um, so as I pull up this Titans uh, box score, just to kind of see what he was dealing with, because I didn't watch the game. I was watching. See, usually I watch Red Zone, right? I live in Nashville. But the game happened to be on TV. So I was like, oh, we're going to go to Fox. We're going to go ahead and watch this game. But if this game gets out of, out of line, I'm going to go back to red zone. But the commanders are doing okay. The commanders did enough to keep me glued to the TV. It's really tough watching football and watching a bad product, no matter how much you love your team. I'm sorry. I can't watch my team lose. Like, that Eagles game was terrible. Like, a few other – like, the, the Dallas blowout game last year, I can't watch stuff like so if when it's a blowout, although I love my team, I'm loyal to the team. It's burgundy and gold until the until the blood turns cold. So I'm with the team forever, but at the end of the day, I'm not watching that product. I can be doing something else. So when I look at the box score for the Colts, mind you, I didn't watch the game. I'm just going off of what I see. What I naturally see is that the Colts struggled to score. They had 10 points. The Titans had 19 points. And the Titans have a terrible Defense, when I say terrible defense, terrible secondary, you can exploit them, okay? Obviously, Derrick Henry ran like crazy, 30 carries, 128 yards by himself, right? But then you have the Colts who have a Derrick Henry light in Jonathan Taylor. They didn't didn't do much, right? But then you look at Matt Ryan. Can you blame Matt Ryan? How well does that offensive line operate? Maybe something like similar to Washington. Like maybe Matt Ryan is a statue. They've also said that his arm talent is not as strong as it used to be. He can't make those throws that he used to make. So now they go to Sam Ellinger, a younger, more mobile guy. I was looking at some stuff. They said that Sam Ellinger ran for over 3,000 yards in college. He ran for over 33 touchdowns, 33 touchdowns in college. And I'm like, okay, he's a mobile guy. Then when I go to look up what he's done in the NFL, Three carries, nine yards, no pass attempts. I got excited. I'm not saying that Sam Ellinger doesn't come in and tear it up. He possibly could. But at the end of the day, I'd rather play a quarterback that's not – I mean, I wanted to play Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. 
But for the commanders, who they need to worry about is that emergence of Paris Campbell, former teammate of Terry McLaurin, a talented guy, but just could never really stay healthy. Two games back-to-back, Paris Campbell has had solid games in terms of, like, actually being targeted and receiving a lot of a lot of receptions. He had 10 receptions for 70 yards and a score. Obviously, they have Michael Pittman, and they also have Alec Pierce. So they have a nice group of young wide receivers. All these guys are young. They're all 25 years old or younger. So they're all solid. So it's not like, oh, the commanders don't have people to cover. No, you don't have to cover all of these different guys because guess what? They all can play. In the last game, uh, Paris Campbell had seven receptions for 56 yards. So he's getting more and more involved with the team. He's being targeted 11 and 12 times. So that's somebody that we need to watch out for. Paris Campbell out the slot. Who's guarding the slot? Guess what? Paris Campbell is going to be targeted like crazy. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to limit this guy's success. Like I said, guys, he's been solid the last two weeks. Not only was he targeted 11 and 12 respectively, um, he also scored a touchdown in each of those two games. So that's somebody that you need to, you know, watch because, I mean, limited offense, right? Somebody's stepping up, you have to pay attention. You just can't say, oh, it's the same old team. No, you have to pay attention when things like this start to happen. Now, what I also want to highlight is that Alec Pierce was brought to the squad, and he's solid. He's 6'3". Michael Pittman is 6'3", 6'4". So you got some big wide receivers. Benjamin St. Juice can't guard both. Most likely, Benjamin St. Juice will start out on Michael Pittman. Now, we're going to need Kendall Fuller to just, to just man up and just play Alec Pierce. Just, 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 Kendall Fuller, just do, just, just, just do your job. Defensive line is going to get after Sam Ellinger and make his life crazy. I expect four to five sacks from this defensive line. If not, an amount of pressure that's going to put him in harm's way to, to then throw the ball. If he throws the ball, can we get an interception or two? Those are things that I'm banking on or wishing for out of this team. You have to maximize on playing a lesser talented quarterback, number one, out of just not being experienced in the, in the NFL. You have to make his first start miserable for him. You have to get after him. You have to knock him down. You have to hit him in the mouth. You have to let him know, hey, this is the NFL. Welcome to the NFL. Even though he's not a rookie, you have to treat him as such. You have to hit him in the mouth and get after him over and over and over again. So, yeah, Alec Pierce and uh, Pittman and Paris Campbell, nice trio of young wide receivers that are going to be hungry, that want to prove a point. And who knows? Who knows who Sam Ellinger has been, has been practicing with? You know, sometimes these, these, these young guys that are like second and third string, they practice. So let's say, for example, it might be – a receiver like uh, Kylan Grandison, well, that's a tight end, or a guy like uh, they have all these different guys like Austin Doolin and, 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 and all these different guys. So even though I'm talking about these three guys, we have to also remember who has Sam Ellinger been working with in practice? Who has he built a rapport with? He's most likely going to look that way. Most times, young quarterbacks look towards the tight end. So that means you have to look out for, you know, for uh, for uh, Granson and Woods. Jelani Woods is another talented guy. Rookie, 6'7", big, strong, fast. So I'm not saying this game is going to be easy, but guess what? I'm excited to see Sam Ellinger. I promise you I am. I promise you I am. Yeah, Matt Ryan, he could have made some plays, and especially with the way that, that the defense has played previously, outside of these last two games. We're not going to lie. We're not going to, like, 
act like we're just some defensive juggernaut now, right? We did play the Chicago Bears, and we did play a struggling Green Bay Packers team. So I'm I'm threading very lightly here, you know. So you're going to be playing another potentially struggling Colts offense. But, like, these are the kind of games that are trap games. You can't go into this game thinking, oh, we got this. And then guess what happens? They, I mean, the, <laughs> like, these guys just come out of nowhere and start making plays. Now, in the run game, outside of Jonathan Taylor, we have to realize that Deion Jackson stepped up two weeks ago, had a whole bunch of receptions, okay? We also, we also have to realize that Naheem Hines, he has standalone value. So he might not kill you with running. He might kill you as a wide receiver. So they got some guys. They got some guys that we need to worry about. But the good thing that I love about the commanders is that they do a pretty good job at stopping the run. So, but, the, it, but then again, Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. So we need to watch out. We can't say, oh, Jonathan Taylor is struggling, and when he plays us, he's going to struggle. That's not necessarily true. He might play us, and it might just be what the doctor ordered. So I don't take any team lightly. I'm not talking like we're like a good team because we we are the easy team. We're the easy, we are the team that, that other teams want to play. So let's not act like we've done anything. We have three wins versus three mediocre teams. And that's how we are three and four right now. We have not beaten anybody good. Now, I don't I don't want to look too far ahead, but after the Colts, we do have Kirk Cousins coming to town, right? But, but yeah, back to the Colts. They do have defense. They do have the leading tackler in the NFL right now, if I'm not mistaken, and his name is uh, – what's his name? Something Franklin. Yeah, Zaire Franklin. He leads the NFL in tackles. If I'm not mistaken, they have Bobby there. They have all kinds of guys. They have all, all kinds of guys all right now. So, Colts defense is solid. Solid run game, solid receiving game. It's all going to boil down to can Sam Ellinger make plays? And then the, the, the most dangerous thing about Sam Ellinger is that forget that I don't know anything about him. Guess what? The NFL doesn't really know anything about him because he has not really played an NFL game. You can go and look at the college tape all you want. You can go ahead and look at the college stats all you want. All that means nothing. You guys remember when Taylor Heineke came into the game and actually played and played well? Everybody was like, who the heck is this guy? They didn't have much to kind of go off of. Like, what are you going to do? Study preseason tendencies of Taylor Heineke or study preseason tendencies of uh, of Sam Allinger? Well, you're going to have to because that's all you got. That's all you got. The only people that know who Sam Ellinger is is Sam Ellinger's mom, Sam Ellinger's dad, his family, and the and the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they drafted this guy in the sixth round last year for a reason. They saw something in him. They saw a guy that fits their system. So let's not get that mistaken. Like now, then you think, what is the Colts system? What do they do well outside of continuing to bring in veteran quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks that don't work or that don't fit into the system? And it's funny that the Colts said they had a plan all along, right? And the plan was to get rid of Wentz, which was smart. They traded Wentz for essentially two third-round picks, right? They took one of those third-round picks and traded and got Matt Ryan. And they said that Matt Ryan was the plan all along. Matt Ryan has not worked out. They said that Matt Ryan has a shoulder injury, but with or without the injury, it was time for them to make a change. It now seems like the Colts are tanking because here's the difference. The Colts could have gone to Nick Foles, 
But when you don't go to Nick Foles and you go to the younger guy, the second-year guy, right, had the commanders gone to Sam Howell, guess what? They are in tanking mode. But because they went to Taylor Heineke, the veteran, and he was able to produce a win, forget all that tanking stuff. Forget forget about playing your young guys because now, oh, we're back in it, right? You beat if you if you beat the Colts on Sunday, you are at four and four, fresh brand new season. You go out there, you play hard the rest of the way and see what happens, right? You go to Sam Howell, maybe he squeezes out a win, which I doubt. Or maybe he plays well and they don't win, or whatever the case may be. And then you're like, oh well, we're not building for the future. I don't know if Ron Rivera, I don't know how long he has on the team. I really don't. And I think he wants to continue to build. He wants to continue to move forward and not backwards. And he was fired up after this win. Um, this win kind of gave me like the vibes when when the Commanders beat uh, the Steelers a few years ago and the Steelers were undefeated. Not as not as big of a win, but it was a big win. It's a big win versus a quality opponent regardless of how they've looked the last few weeks. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you always have a chance to win, right? So – Commanders don't have that. Hopefully, the commanders do. Like, my take on a franchise quarterback is that we don't have a franchise quarterback on the roster right now. Not only that, we don't know who Sam Howell is. And I don't know if Sam Howell could be or could not. Maybe he maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But as it stands right now, the team is winning. That's two in a row. We're going to try to make it three in a row on Sunday versus the Colts. We're going to see what happens. In terms of different factors, they can go either way. We could lose, and everybody's now calling for Sam Howell once again. We could win, and it's like, oh, man, we're 4-4, four and four, and I'm not going to come and sit here and say, hey. Like, if you asked me two weeks ago, would the commanders beat Green Bay? I would say no. I would be laughing. But after what transpired the week before, after Green Bay lost to the Jets, the Jets have a pretty good defense. We have a decent defense. Like, the Jets have to pass rush, and they also have the secondary. We have the pass rush, and we have half a secondary. So um, hopefully they continue to add to what they're doing. And just imagine, what can this defensive line look like with Chase Young? What can this defense look like with Chase Young? And I know that's another topic for another day, but a lot of fans are pissed at Chase Young right now, but you can't predict injuries. Injuries happen. Then they say, oh, well, without the injuries, Chase Young wasn't playing so well. He's still the leader of this team, and you saw him yesterday congratulating, getting people hyped up, being engaged. Some people get hurt, and they just chill, you know. Shout out to uh, Carson Wentz. He was out there as well. He was engaged. He was, you know, working with the offensive coordinators and the, the, the quarterback. He was engaged, but not as engaged as as a Chase Young. We know who Chase Young is. He's a leader. He's a vocal leader for this team. Um, he's a guy that, that when, when he talks, people listen. But what I want to see out of Chase Young the rest of the way, when he's back and he's fully healthy, is to have moves and counter moves and growth. I want to see growth. You know, he might come back and the sack numbers might not be there, but that's not what we care about. We care about are you contributing to the team to help the team win? Are you growing? Are you are you uh, getting better? Do you have you know counter moves? Like when you go to this move, what happens? What do you look like, Chase Young versus the top uh, uh, left tackles in the league? Those are the those are the different things that I'm going to be looking for once Chase Young comes back. So we have a few other guys to come back that are going to help make this team better. Obviously, Jahan Dotson. I want to see what he looks like versus, you know, with a guy like Taylor Heine. Like that, I'm literally looking looking forward to, towards that. So, guys, man, this is the show. This is the back row commander show. Appreciate you guys for letting me ramble. 
for letting me talk, man. I love this. I love talking football. I love talking commanders, especially when they win. When they don't win, I'm sorry. I, I don't got much to say. But when they win, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, as much as we love and hate this team, it's our team. It's it, it's it's our squad. You know, for me, it's tough to have two football teams. I don't think I, I don't think I can have two football teams. Football is a headache. I'm good with just one. It's either one or zero. It's either one or zero. Um, I try I try not to uh, let the commanders affect my Sundays or to affect how I'm feeling. So, this is the show. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please like, please subscribe, and please share. And if you guys are listening to the audio version of this on Apple or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast, please drop me a five-star and please leave me a, um, um, a rating, a comment, or something uh, to let me know how I'm doing, good or bad. I, I take all feedback. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Appreciate all the support. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I'm out. Peace.